The sexual misconduct and rape allegations against the now infamous Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein ignited the Me Too movement in 2017. On the record, several women accused him of sexual assault and harassment. The case sent shockwaves throughout the world as similar movements arose, holding powerful men to account for sexual crimes. The movement has also begun to change how some members of law enforcement look into allegations of sexual misconduct, giving victims a voice to expose what they have endured in the past. More and more, we see allegations pop up against wealthy men who use their money and status to buy themselves a safety net shielding them from punishment for their criminal behavior. That is exactly what the late Brazilian retail tycoon Samuel Klein appears to have done for decades, according to a recent expose. The report by non-profit investigative journalism organization Agência Pública has tarnished what was one of Brazil's biggest business success stories so far. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Few people embodied the story of the Brazilian self-made man better than Samuel Klein. Born into a Jewish family in Poland in 1923, Klein lived through the Nazi occupation of his country. He was sent to a concentration camp at the age of 19, and his mother and five siblings were killed in Treblinka. Klein emigrated to Brazil in the 50s and settled in São Caetano do Sul, a city in Greater São Paulo. In his new home, he sold products door-to-door by horse and cart. By 1957, he opened his first store of what would become one of Brazil's biggest retail chains, Casas Bahia. The name was a nod to Klein's biggest client base, migrants who left Bahia in the poor Brazilian Northeast to seek a better life in the state of São Paulo. In the following decades, Klein began selling new products, home appliances, electronics, furniture. And he went on to create what would become one of Brazil's biggest retail empires. The street in São Caetano, where he opened his first store, now bears his name. Long before political scientists began studying the importance of the lower middle class to Brazil's economic development, Klein put all of his efforts into catering for that exact demographic, offering microcredit to his customers, which became a hallmark of Casas Bahia's business model. He claimed to trust the good nature of human beings, saying that poor customers with low credit ratings would religiously meet their payments to his stores to avoid worsening their credit score even further and being unable to take out loans. When he died in 2014, there was no shortage of tributes from the press, politicians, and famous personalities to Klein's, quote, human side, as well as to his entrepreneurship skills and keen eye for business. But as new allegations suggest, Behind Samuel Klein's good name lay an exploitative sexual predator. 
an exposé by non-profit investigative journalism organization Agência Pública brings multiple allegations that Samuel Klein oversaw a child abuse ring that went on for decades, at least from the 1980s up until the 2000s. We spoke with Natalia Viana, executive director at Agência Pública. What happened was that the son of uh, Samuel Klein, his name is Saul, he was accused by a couple of women of uh, psychological abuse in a relationship that he calls the son sugar daddy, sugar baby relationship. He would have many, say, mistresses. So we started looking into that. And uh, quite early on, we learned that there, there was a lot of... Uh, talk about how his father behaved. And in, in, in the case of his father, there are two things that aggravated us. The first one is that his father is the founder of Casas Bahia. While, some, while the son was never too much involved in the business, his father was the founder and ran the business almost up to his death. Uh, and the second thing is that in the stories we started to hear, the girls were supposedly abused were underage, all of them. So by digging these stories and talking to these testimonies and these uh, women who claim to have been abused by him, who are now adults, uh, we managed to establish that the founder of Casas Bahia is alleged to have run uh, an exploitation ring uh, for over 20 years of only underaged women, as young as the age of nine, up to the age of 17. And some of these abuses are supposed, are alleged to have happened in the headquarters of the company. Now, Agencia Pública is an organization run and, and founded by women. And I have to say this struck us as extremely shocking we, there, there was no way we, we would not go after this story. This is the kind of story that Agencia Pública was founded to do. This is a corporate scandal. So, Natalia, how did you guys set up your investigation into these allegations against Samuel Klein? We had a team of seven journalists. All of our journalists are investigative journalism. They uh, were working on the story for five months, and we talked to 35 different people, including women who say to have been abused, former employees, women who uh, have been pointed out as uh, the women who would go after and, and be like an agent to the girls, uh, former security guys, former taxi drivers. We also looked into a dozen of lawsuits that uh, we found. Some lawsuits had been settled. We talked to lawyers. Uh, we learned that there was a, also a pattern in that, supposedly, Samuel would buy the silence of the victims pretty in, with a non-disclosure agreement and a lot, a lot of, um, you could say bribery. So a lot of uh, families who were offered money not to talk about this. Finally, uh, we learned that there were some lawsuits that were started the labor justice of people who worked in his stores and claimed that they were subject to hum humiliation because as part of their jobs they needed 
to give cash money to these girls who would show in the stores. So they were doing something that they knew was wrong and they were forced to do this. So apart from the use of the headquarters of this company, supposed use of the headquarters of this company, we see that the whole company was engaged in different levels, according to what the documents show. There was money being taken out of the cashiers, and we also could establish that uh, uh, um, a helicopter that was owned by the company was used to transport these girls to different properties of the founder to be abused. So for me, this is a corporate scandal. It's not just about the exploitation of children. It's about the exploitation of children by supposedly using the company's premises. How did this alleged sex ring operate? We know a couple of things. So we know that uh, according to many witnesses, to assistants of somewhere who have been pointed out as recruiters for the girls, and these two women, they would go to poor neighborhoods to invite girls to join his parties uh, in exchange for goods that are sold in the stores, such as, you know, liquefier or any shoes or fridge or a microwave, these things that, you know, poor girls do not have access to. This happened not only in the city where the store was founded, uh, but also in many different states in Brazil. Then what we learned from the documents and the, and the women we interviewed and lawyers is that these parties would have lots of different girls. Some uh, actually were overeating, but many were underage, and he would pick the girls he would abuse in that specific day. Also, that some of these girls would be taken to the headquarters of Casas Bahia uh, between the 90s and 2010s, about. And uh, he would have a room next to his office where he would commit the abuses. And this was told by several people, by several sources to us. Some people, such as a former security guard, said this was ongoing. This was very, very common. It happened several times per week for a very long time. And according to your reporting, this was something that allegedly went on right up until his death, right? Yes. We have some troubling testimony, people saying that, you know, he would take medicine to be able to, you know, sexually work, but that, you know, it only got more and more frequent when he was very old. And we have different sources and different uh, women and, and lawyers talking about this, not just one source. So, yeah, it sounds that it got uh, more and more often. And do we have any idea of how many girls were abused? Uh, what did your reporters manage to piece together? It is very hard to know exactly how many people were involved and abused by the scheme. And the reason is two things. First is that he died in 2014. And in the view of his lawyers, in the view of uh, many people involved, this is the end of the story. For us, this is not the end of the story, because as we, we are seeing now, this was an actual uh, sexual exploitation ring and has strong ties with the company he was running at the time. But the second is that the girls 
uh, who were subject to the exploitation. Quite often, few, they were part of it. And this is a problem of a cultural uh, issue because women underage are not, cannot be prostitutes. If they're under 14, as it was the case of some of these girls, it's rape, according to Brazilian law. If they're over 14, it's sexual exploitation. It does not matter if they were accepting goods in exchange. But I think in the minds of the victims, it's very conflictive because, of course, they were too young to be able to make these decisions, but they received something in exchange. They feel guilty. So that's why many of them also have not yet come out to light. Uh, and that's why it's so hard to know how many were actually subject to this uh, exploitation. But after we published the story, which was a week ago, we received, I mean, dozens of women who contacted us saying that they were abused and dozens, almost 100 comments of people who said that they knew this was famous in his city, in other cities in the coast. Everybody knew this was happening. What you have been saying since the beginning of our conversation shows a striking similarity between Klein's case and Jeffrey Epstein in the U.S. I mean, the parallels are all over these cases, from the exploitation of vulnerable girls, the use of these very victims to recruit others, the payoffs to keep people silent, and the proximity to politicians. Is it fair to call Samuel Klein the Brazilian Jeffrey Epstein? I'll tell you what, I think it's fair because Jeffrey Epstein's uh, case came about earlier. But in the case of Samuel Klein, I think it's I think it's more relevant because Casas Bahia is literally the Brazilians like staple uh, standard go-to store if you need anything for your home. It is such a known and loved brand all over Brazil. I've purchased many items of my house in Casas Bahia. Everybody has. So it would be much more like as if the founder of, um, I don't know, Walmart was involved in a scandal like that. It is really a store that is so revered and, and, and familiar to all Brazilians that I do think that this has a bigger significance to and is more revealing of uh, our corporate culture than the case of Jeffrey Epstein in, in the U.S. You mentioned this as being a corporate scandal. Casas Bahia is part of Via Varejo, which is a billion-dollar retail conglomerate that is publicly traded. How did Via Varejo respond to your reporting? What they are saying is that Casas Bahia was merged in 2011 with another big group and uh, in 2011, and then... Uh, it was controlled back then by the French group Casino, uh, and then there were some uh, power games you know, between the, the, the two parties. But basically what Via Varejo is claiming is, is that Samuel Klein was never a part of what the group is now, uh, nor his son, uh, Saul Klein. They were never involved in the group. And... The other son, Michel Klein, who still holds uh, shares, is not a controller, but merely a share owner. They've told this to me repeatedly and repeatedly. Funnily enough, he, the son of uh, Samuel Klein, the person who we are talking about, owns a very significant amount of shares, including through a fund and, and his own shares. They get to be about 10%. 
and also his son is the president of the administration of Via Varejo. But in any case, what they are saying is this is the best. Uh, Casas Bahia now has nothing to do with uh, Samuel Klein, who died in 2014, and we have nothing to respond to. That's what they're saying. And what about the Klein family? Did you get any pushback from them? Not at all. Actually, uh, the family sent an official comment uh, after the story was published, and the comment said that they that Samuel Klein is a, bus- is a successful businessman with a very relevant life story, including uh, have been in a Nazi concentration camp, and they are sorry that he is not alive to defend himself. So what's happening here is basically that the current company that owns Casa Bahia is saying they have nothing to, nothing to do with what happened in the past, and the family is saying not only we have nothing to do, but uh, somewhere Klein is dead, and it's so, we are so sorry he can't defend himself. So they're washing their hands. And what about the repercussions following the reports? Agencia Pública is a, a well-known, award-winning uh, nonprofit that investigates uh, human rights issues. We are published by over 13,000 websites in Brazil and abroad. We've been published in 26 different countries in Portuguese, English, and Spanish. We are often uh, republished by uh, the biggest newspapers in the country. But this story was not picked up. This story was not followed upon yet. And it's very hard to, to pinpoint why. And I'm not going to try and find out why this didn't happen. We know that Casas Bahia is, a, is the biggest advertiser or was the biggest advertiser of the press at some point, the press and TV at some point. But what I wanted to point out here is that Instead of actually putting journalists of the media to cover the story, what's happening is that every day you can find an op-ed by a female journalist saying how this story is absurd, should be covered, should not be silenced. And all of these articles, should they, the seventh article came out in, in Folha de São Paulo, the biggest newspaper in the country saying, why are we not talking about this? And all of the articles have, have been written by female journalists. Now, the question is, why does this really piss off women journalists and not male journalists? That's the first question. The second question is, who is making the editorial decisions in the big media groups? And I'm not going to give you the answer, but for me, it's pretty clear. Natalia Viana is the executive director at Agência Pública, a non-profit investigative journalism organization operating in Brazil. If you want to read their story into Samuel Klein's alleged child abuse ring, you can go to apublica.org. We will also post a link on the Brazilian Reports website. And if you like explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars that will help more people find out about this show. Or you can sign up to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. See you next week.